welcome to Let's Talk Real Estate. I'm your host, Anna Olsisi, serial entrepreneur, passionate marketer, and owner at Segway Group at Keller Williams Realty Gainesville. On the podcast, you will find valuable information about all things real estate, plus some fun stories told by a variety of guests. So if you like what you hear, then subscribe and invite any friends who you think may get some value from listening. everybody. Thank you so much for being with us today. I am so happy to be back and I hope that you are happy to be listening to us again now that we have started season two. I can't believe we're on season two already. It feels like we just started the podcast and uh, your listenership is very much appreciated. And today we have a rock star guest because he is very popular and very talented and very professional, and we love recommending him to absolutely everybody. So uh, without further ado, uh, welcome, John Dar. How are you? Well, I'm good. How, that is an amazing introduction. I, <laughs> I would love for you to talk to my wife about how <laughs> wonderful I am, because there are days when she is not buying it, but I... <laughs> well, you know, I... <laughs> As a as a wife, yes. I um I maybe can relate to her a little bit. So uh, we're you know we're strictly talking business and maybe a little bit on the actual rock star you know stage because you are a rock star, a local rock star. How about that? <laughs> I, yes, I took a dare and 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 some buddies of mine got together and we decided to. Um, play a gig. That's what they call it. Play a gig. And then the opportunities that presented itself continued to gig number two and three and 10 and 12. And we actually haven't played in about six months, obviously, because of the Corona, but the party pooper, it's a party pooper. It is a major party pooper for sure. Yeah. uh, But yeah, it's been, it's been fun. That's one of the things that sometimes do. I haven't I haven't even played guitar very much, but in a past life, yes, I I acted like a rock star and it's fun. (laughs) It is fun. It is fun. It's fun to watch too. So not in a bad way. It's just fun to watch. Similar to a train wreck. Yes, I get it. I get it. (laughs) No, no, you guys are great. So see, you're, you're a local celebrity. And uh, for anybody who's listening who's not from Gainesville, you don't know John Dar. Um, maybe not yet. That's right. So you know that's you. Now you will have the opportunity to, to learn about him, not just as a Gainesville local celebrity in terms of music, but also in your uh, real estate related capacity as uh, an insurance agent who, well, I mean, beyond agent, you own Darshakow Insurance. So, um, or you're one of the owners and we've known each other for, I don't even know how we met or when we met. BNI. Was it BNI? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think well, it was. Then, then we met at BNI, which was a while ago. It yeah. was like six or seven years ago yeah. and knew you then as, as insurance, but I've gotten to know you, you know, so much more throughout the years, especially because we do recommend you and your team to so many of our customers. You guys do a wonderful job. You have a lot of options. Would you say 
your yep. brokerage, I guess. Is... Yep. We're an independent agent. So yes, we have lots of, lots of different options. And yes, Anna is wonderful. For those of you that have never met her, I, even in her previous life, she was always very sharp, very smart, very, she was on top of her game. And I have appreciated our friendship over the years because I try to surround myself with, you know, people that are good, solid, honest, you know, hardworking people. And I've always enjoyed spending time with you and, you know, even the people on your team, for sure, at Segway have been, have been great. So I, I, uh, I would highly recommend you guys for any real estate needs. And I'm married to a realtor, so that's saying something. Well, sure. thank you. Yes, it is. And your wife is phenomenal herself. So, and and that was a non-paid endorsement. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, that was very nice. I appreciate it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. So now, now that we have stroked each other's egos, mm-hmm. we're going to go into actual business here to let um, everybody know a little bit about... Um, one topic in particular, and we can get into other topics as well, mm-hmm. uh, but something that we are facing actually right now. So because it's a seller's market, we are in a situation where, and, and then I in particular aside, because I work in relocation predominantly, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I run into this particular thing a lot where um, you've got people who are selling, but they are trying to obviously buy another house. They're in the process of closing on the other house. Um, Maybe they need to close on the house that they're in in order to move into the other one, which kind of brings a delay sometimes. Or other times people are moving here and uh, need to get into a house before they actually close on it. Mm-hmm. Either way, you get something called a post-close occupancy or a pre-close occupancy, and they both present their individual challenges. Uh, but insurance is always something that really is top of mind for for either party, and I, I'd like to explore that with you because it's a question that I get so very often: like, who's responsible for what? What are the liabilities? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, what are what are the pros and cons to each if if there are any pros? I mean, I know from a real estate perspective, yes, it's a probably a sure. really good thing sometimes. But sure. you know. Sure. Um so so talk to me a little bit about that and your experience. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, these these folks have to move in before they actually own the property. And at that point, uh, they're a tenant or or renter. And not only that, you've got the folks that own the house currently that have maybe moved out. Mm-hmm. They still own the house, but they're no longer living in the house. So you've got uh, a couple of different factors here that it, it's it's important to remember and and um, make sure that you have the right coverage because it's usually a large asset in their portfolio of assets. Mm-hmm. So if you're the, fo- the the folks that own the house and have moved out, and maybe that you know somebody's moved in and and are renting from you you're no longer in an owner occupied situation. So the policy that folks have is a homeowner's policy and it basically is underwritten um, as a owner occupied structure Mm -hmm. that is different than a tenant occupied structure. So what we recommend if possible is to get the homeowner to switch the home insurance from a homeowner's policy 
to what they call a dwelling fire policy, mm. which is set up to be a structure that is occupied by a tenant. Now, sometimes that can be challenging because if the new buyer is coming in to, you know, maybe they have to put on a new roof or, you know, something like that. It can be a very difficult policy to get if you're in that situation where, you know, they've got to maybe replace the wiring or the plumbing or, or something like that. So it can be difficult. It's not easy. The insurance company has to go through underwriting and they open the underwriting window up and they say, okay, we get 45 days to look at this policy and see if it's eligible. Even though they may have lived in this house for 20 years and have, you know, you may even apply to the same carrier that insured it for the last 20 years, but that, that doesn't work. So you have to write it on dwelling fire. And then the tenant has, we recommend the tenant get a tenant's policy, an HO4 policy. Mm -hmm. That'll cover their belongings, their furniture, and it'll cover liability if there's a slip and fall while they're renting the space. So that's the right way to do it. That's the accurate way to set it up. The hard part is the dwelling fire because usually it's a short it's a short period of time, right. you know, sometimes it's a, <laughs> I've seen it four days or five days. Oh yeah. I've seen it for a day. Right. <laughs> for a day. A yes. day. Yeah. So, you know, you don't want to go through the underwriting, write a whole new policy for one day, but technically what you leave yourself open to is if that house were to Murphy's law burned down on that one day that you've moved out and you have a tenant in there, the insurance company could come in and go, Hey, we wouldn't have been on this risk if you had done it the right way. Mm. And now you've got a house that's maybe burned down or God forbid something else blown mm -hmm. away or whatever. You've got the folks that, we're going to buy it or under contract to buy it. They don't have a house anymore. It's right. just going to be a mess. Yeah. So, <laughs> so even, yeah. So even if it's a day, you're, you should do it the right way and get a, get a policy for that one day and, you know, cancel it the day after that. I mean, it's, you know, the, the insurance company is not going to have time to underwrite it basically, but you still have to answer the questions accurately in order to even get a policy. So if it's a 20 plus year old roof, then yeah. you're not going to be eligible. They, they would, if you answer the questions incorrectly on the application, now you got a whole another issue. So it, it is a pain yeah. and I wish there was a easy magic button that we could put push to, t to do it the right way, but mm -hmm. it's just some paperwork and most agents understand. I mean, most, most insurance, especially if it, the agent that's going to write the new policy, mm -hmm. you know, they're willing to do the work just even if it is for a day. It's just, it's typically, it's just paperwork. So. Wow. So two questions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So number one, if the temporary tenant, we'll call it this mm -hmm. buyer, uh, mm -hmm. is not paying any kind of rent, mm -hmm. do they qualify mm -hmm. as a tenant? According to the insurance policy, the insurance company, yes, even though there's not a, 
necessarily a lease. There's a verbal agreement of some sort that says, mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to rent this place from you for a day. Maybe there's zero rent, but the, the agreement or the principle is that they're going to rent it for a day and then close on it the next day. Mm -hmm. Even though there's not a lease, you still, um, the insurance company wants to underwrite it based on what's actually happening. Gotcha. And, and that's what, so it's okay not to have a lease. It's, it still needs to be done the right way. Well, we usually have some sort of agreement because there's a post-close yeah. occupancy agreement and a pre-close occupancy agreement. So it is on paper. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. And then the other thing is, so 45 days typically is what it would take to even get this whole process wrapped up in terms of the new policy. Mm -hmm. I mean, usually a con contract to close is typically not even that long. Right. So here's what I was talking about. So right. when you apply for a policy, regardless, whether it be a, a homeowner's policy and there isn't a pre-close or post-occupancy post situation, mm -hmm. the, the insurance company has a window or a, a portal of time that they um, get to underwrite or and sometimes they'll do an inspection mm -hmm. and that's their window of getting off the risk. Within that 45 days, if they find something that they don't like, you know, mold on the outside of the house or, you know, something like that, they can send, they have time to send a uh, cancellation notice saying, hey, because of this reason, and they do have to give you a reason, right. um, we're going to cancel this policy on such and such a date. Once that 45 days goes by, they really can't get off of the policy. They can't cancel you unless you don't pay for it or unless something changes dramatically from when they wrote the policy. So there's substantial change in risk. They mm -hmm. can get off at midterm, but a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't realize that once that 45 day window goes by, the insurance company's on it and they're not they're, they're If you pay them, it's mm -hmm. a contract and, and they're going to insure you until the renewal. Now, there have been situations where they go to the state. If the insurance company wants to pull out of the, if they want to cancel all the policies that mm -hmm. they have, then they go to the state and they can cancel it midterm. But um, if it's just a you know normal situation where the, the company's in business and uh, doing business in Florida, they can't cancel you midterm after that 45-day window. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Okay. All right. So so that's covered the pre-close occupancy if some mm -hmm. buyer, you know, the buyer. So how about the post-close? What what goes on there? Post-close is Joe Seller sold the house and continues to occupy the house while buyer is waiting for him to move out. That, that is right? correct. Yes. Oh, sweet. Okay. Good job. My wife would be so Your proud. Your wife has taught you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So, um, seller would have to get a renter's policy because seller now becomes the tenant. Okay. And buyer um, would have to get a dwelling fire policy because they own the home and are, in effect, renting it back to the seller. Gotcha. Um, so same thing, yeah. basically. Same thing. Same Just thing. Different occupant. Okay. Correct. Okay. That's, right. That's really, it's fascinating because I don't know anyone who's ever done this. <laughs> I mean, I really, I don't. I mean, unless, unless 
the yeah, people that I've worked it. with yeah. who have, right. Unless they just yeah. haven't told me they've done it. Sure. Um, but it's just not common practice. And actually it's something that realtors should really be advised to, to warn if nothing else, um, their, their customers about that saying, Hey, you know, you may want to look into this. And obviously we cannot give them insurance advice. That's what you're for, right? but at least, you know, some, some guidance in that, you know, this could be a problem. The more you educate as a realtor, the more you educate your client with all things like that, Mm -hmm. the better. And yeah. Definitely. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm really surprised that that's not something that's really touched on more. I mean, these, these agreements are typically, um, frowned upon anyway, because, uh, <laughs> for all of the reasons you just outlined, um, however, it, they're common and they're becoming more and more common, uh, lately, uh, or at least I've, I've been seeing more of them lately. And, and I don't know why, I don't know in part if it's just because of COVID and people are just buying, but then not able to actually move everything for a little yeah. bit. Who knows Probably. what the reason is, but the point is that they're they're happening, and um, and we just have to be on the lookout for for everything that could go wrong because that's that's what insurance is for is for absolutely everything that could go wrong. Exactly, it can. Yeah, it can exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of the things that's important is with a renter's policy, and and you know, a renter's policy typically is going to be, I mean, good lord, I've seen as look as much as eighty five dollars a year i mean the, oh. the renter's policy can typically they're about 125 150 dollars in in our area so you know it provides liability coverage if somebody got hurt while that person was occupying the home whether they're a tenant or a homeowner or what whichever right you know that the attorneys sue everyone they sue the tenant they <laughs> yep. sue the homeowner they sue you know, as many people as they can sue typically. Mm-hmm. And that renter's policy might have cost you $125 a year, but it's going to typically give you hundreds of thousands of dollars of coverage. Yes. It is a very valuable $125 that you could spend. And when you're looking at it on a daily basis, you know, literally mm-hmm. you could take out the policy, have it for a week, and it might cost you $5, you know. Right. If not even. Yeah. And look, even if it cost you one hundred and twenty-five dollars, mm-hmm. period, and saved you, saved your, you know, yeah. your butt, basically. Yes. <laughs> you know? If something, you know, if somebody fell on theirs, then it's uh, it's worth it. It's well worth it. I, I just worked with somebody who who allowed the buyer to to move in, uh, move in, not like sleep there, but their things were yeah. in there. And mm-hmm. I think that that basically is the exact same thing, even though they they weren't sleeping there that evening, and and that was my fear. That really because I was working with the seller at that point, and she was very kind and agreeable, but I was always worried. Well, what if the people that are coming in to clean the carpets? What if something happens to them? What yep. if something happens uh, with anything? Yep. So luckily, it worked out. They're fine. Good. <laughs> the new owners live there. She does not, but still, yeah. Okay. Well, you've de- you've educated me. I love and it. yes, I love it too. I love being <laughs> educated in general, yes. but, but definitely with, you know, in what I do. And like I said, you know, when, when you do a lot of relocation, you run into this in particular 
quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely very important for me personally to know. And it's also good for anyone who's listening, who is a potential buyer or seller to know these things and really be cautious and always insurance is the best money you'll ever spend. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not sexy or fun or anything like that, but it's, <laughs> it's it, not, it, it, but it's, that's okay. But that's okay. Yes. That's, that's okay. You have to leave the sexy part to the realtors, you know, right. them the exactly. houses and you know, all that stuff. And then uh, exactly. that's why your wife takes care of that. She's wonderful. Of yes. Insurance. <laughs> yes. A lot of realtors out there provide that warm and fuzzy, which yes. us insurance people are sometimes not real great at. Well, you are. You've got a great personality, so that's <laughs> oh, very thanks. good. And your team is wonderful. And everybody that we work with, um, Heather, you know, everybody is just, Thank they're, you. Yes. they're fantastic. So um, so we've great. always had a great experience and always have heard that kind of feedback that you actually are you know, very helpful and, and warm and go above and beyond. And that's the kind of person I want to recommend yeah. in any kind of field. I am blessed for sure. She's been with me over, tw- Heather's been with me over 20 years now. It's wow. She looks too young for that. She started when she was like four. Okay. That's what I figured. So. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's well, it, the fact that somebody has been with you for, for any amount of time, but 20 years, that says that you are a good boss and there's good culture in your company. So yeah. props to that. I'm lucky for sure. Luck is made. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent. Yes. So, although, exactly. but it's, you're not always lucky, which is why you have to have insurance. That's right. See, you got it. I kind of mix those two there right now. What's the status of the real estate? I know it's a seller's market for sure. Is it? Yes. I mean, more so than you've ever seen? Uh, it depends on the price point. So some things, and I don't know if it's because I just haven't personally worked some price points lately, but I do still hear like lots of bidding wars and all that. The problem that I'm facing right now is lack of supply. Mm. It's not even a bidding war. It's just like, there's nothing really good out out there there and Mm -hmm. the builders cannot keep up. And when somebody, you know, is building say a larger custom home, they're going to wait a year at least. Then that, you know, puts that buyer at a disadvantage. What do they need to move in right away? So that's, you know, and people are not wanting to leave their houses. Here's what I'm finding. Not only is it a seller's market, people who were going to sell and make lots of money off of a sale have decided not to because they want to stay where they are. People who are even going to downsize, like, okay, so you and I both empty nesters now. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to downsize. I mean, our kid actually was able to go away, but a lot of people whose kids had to stay here because of COVID and or who have kids at home for just like elementary and high school kids, mm-hmm. they are holding on to their big homes. They need space for school and yeah. they need space to not be so close together. You know, you love your family, but you don't necessarily love being around them. <laughs> Or seven, and you know, especially around teenagers, sometimes so that's causing people to really not want to um, to downsize. And again, that's a market where there isn't a lot of inventory, and so we're seeing you know that that problem there. Are interest rates driving most of this, or is it the, the demand fact that they can? Yeah, is it just an interest rate, or is it a hey, we can now move to Florida because we used to work in 
Minnesota. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with Minnesota. Nothing. You know, now they're sitting there going, well, gee, if we can work from anywhere, yeah. why not move to Florida now? Definitely. Are you seeing some of that? We are seeing some of that. We're actually seeing. So what has been happening is that other states are becoming pretty undesirable mm. for whatever reason. Maybe they always were, but now they're even more so. Who knows? They have high taxes and all that. So in Gainesville in particular, I am not seeing so much the whole COVID response of, well, hey, I can work anywhere, so I'm moving to Florida. Because the kinds of jobs that we have here are typically not those kinds of jobs, uh, but we have university-related jobs. We have biotech, tech, and medical jobs. And what people are doing is that they are agreeing to move here, and surprisingly to other people, but they're agreeing to move here from places like California and Ohio and New York and whatnot, mm -hmm. because uh, the tax situation is so bad, we just have many more incentives to move here uh, versus you know being in a in a lot of those other states. And then to other parts of Florida, exactly what you're saying. So my daughter lives in New York, and I so I like to keep up with everything that's going on there. And I heard that only 10% of the workforce is actually back in the office in Manhattan. Mm. which is shocking Crazy. actually because it's packed. So yeah. I don't know where all these other people are coming from, but whatever. And uh, right. <laughs> like maybe it's a good thing. So that's clearly an indication that people are actually moving elsewhere and working from their second homes. So I hear that like the Hamptons have become incredibly popular all year round now and right. Connecticut and, and all of that. But those places still have those tax issues. And so... South Florida, I hear, is really starting to take off again. It had died for a while. Uh, not died, okay. I, I exaggerated. Down. It, it yeah, had yeah. slowed down. Slow down. And, yeah, uh, sure. Which is really interesting because whenever we hear that New York, LA, or Miami are slowing down, we take pause and say, okay, that's, we're two years behind. So that means that in two years, we're going to see a similar thing happen. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, so New York did slow down, but even pre-COVID, New York was slowing down a lot. Mm -hmm. And prices, you know, so it definitely became a buyer's market. LA, though, really didn't quite see that much of it. I mean, they did, but not, not to the like extent that New York. And then Miami started to, but now I'm seeing that Miami's coming back and probably because of everything that's going on. I mean, I guess if you can, if you can buy the same place, I mean, you can still... Miami's still expensive, of course, but it's not New York expensive. And if you can work on the beach versus in a high rise and have outdoor space, why not? Right. And then Gainesville is like the best deal of all because you may not have the beach here, but you can live so comfortably here for the same price that you could live in New York that you could even have a second place out on the beach. Yes. And, you know, and so that's the appeal there. It's been a real interesting dynamic in this whole thing that, you know, I don't know anybody could have ever predicted, but it definitely well, yeah. is. Yeah. It is affecting insurance costs too. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know if we have time. I don't know how much time yeah. we have. Well, I'm curious because that was my next question to you. What's it doing to your industry? You are going to see significant rate hikes on home insurance in the next, in 2021, you are going to see on average 20, 25, 30% rate hikes Whoa. in home insurance. Why? So in Florida, 
there is a something called a fee multiplier. So let me give you a, a real story of, and you'll understand. Somebody had a water claim where they pipe broke behind the refrigerator, flooded the kitchen, flooded the house, and damaged the flooring in the house. So they had to come in and, and replace the flooring. It cost them uh, about $19,000 to replace the flooring in this house. Insurance company came in, said, yep, we'll agree to pay $19,000, no problem. And they started working on it. Well, somehow an attorney got involved and attorneys now are knocking, are literally knocking on doors. And I was driving to Orlando yesterday and I saw on the side of the road, a billboard that said roofclaim.com. Same things happening with roofs, but yeah. So they got the attorney involved. The attorney came in and said, well, our records show that instead of $19,000, the insurance company should have paid $20,000. Okay. So they sue and they win. Great. The homeowner gets a thousand dollars. Okay. The attorney substantiated that the legal fees were $75,000 for that oh. to work the case. And there's something called a fee multiplier that the judge came in and said, because this case was difficult to prove that he gets the, the attorney got a 10 X multiplier on his $75,000 legal fees. What? So the attorney walked away with $750,000 in Are legal you? fees for a claim that they worked and got the homeowner an extra thousand dollars. Whoa. So what's happened? Yes. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh my God. So what's happening is the insurance company have what they call a loss ratio, which says it's a percentage of how much premium they bring in compared to how much they pay out in claims. And right now the insurance companies are running about 160% on average, some are less, but on average there's some as high as Two, three hundred percent. But so the insurance companies are, are showing 150, 170, somewhere in that range percent loss ratio, which means for every dollar they take in in premium, they pay out a dollar sixty or a dollar seventy. Yeah. Well, that's not a real good formula. Obviously, yeah. And um, they're doing the same thing with roofs. They're they're the roofers are going around and and saying, yes. hey, I can get you a new roof. I see there's some hail damage or damage to your roof. Insurance companies going in and having to pay to fix roofs. Yep. So I, there's yes. one neighborhood in particular. I know that they did that. Yes. Like, I, yeah. Yep. So what's happened is, is all that does is drive up the cost of insurance for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're going to start seeing 20, 30% rate hikes next year. It's already started. They're already seeing some of that. Um, but next year it will be significant and there's insurance companies that have tightened the underwriting rules. So there's insurance companies because they're regulated by the state, mm -hmm. they can't raise their rates without going and getting approval from the state. The state has denied them. So instead of raising rate, they tighten underwriting rules and say, look, maybe the how we only want to insure houses that are uh, you know, houses that have a roof that's five years old or less. I've seen that. Yeah. So they, you know, so that's what's going on 
that's important to understand if you're a realtor or, or a buyer or even a seller, you got to understand what's going on out there. And my suggestion is to get in touch with a, an independent agent as soon as you can. Yes. Because even if you're a seller, whoever's going to buy your house, they're going to have to come in and buy and get insurance on it. Exactly. So if you know, if you can talk to an agent and say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm listening to my house or I'm thinking, you know, thinking about selling my house. What is that buyer going to have to worry about when they buy this house to get it insured? Oh, well, your roof's 21 years old. Well, forget it. There's just very few companies that will write a house with a 21 year old, none basically right. I know of. Yeah. That will have a 21 year old roof. They will insure a 21 year old roof. So as you're, if you're a seller, you've got to understand that, Hey, this could mean that this buyer is going to have to put a new roof on it. And what does that mean? You know, talk to your realtor and say, Hey, understand that you're probably gonna have to put a new roof on it. How do we adjust the price? Do we go ahead and put the roof on now? What, you know, what's the best situation? So those are just a few things that I, I wanted to talk about today. I know we were planning on talking about the other, but I wanted to make sure I got in there because it's, it's, it is the state of the industry right now and it's causing angst amongst, yeah. you know, both the homeowners and folks out there doing deals. No doubt. Wow. Wow. I didn't know they were going to go up that high mm -hmm. <laughs> that much. So that is, um, so should people just buy right now since they're going to go up next year? <laughs> they just need to get it done now. Yeah, I, I would say yes, get it done now and and try to make sure you pay attention to what the insurance company that you're getting pricing from their financials. You know, in Florida, the Nationwides and the AAA and Progressive through their ASI brand, those companies are going to probably be able to withstand it a little better than some of these other companies that are smaller that you know don't have the financial strength. Mm -hmm. So just pay attention to that. If you're a buyer, if you're an insurance buyer, you know, talk about it with your agent and say, Hey, you know, what does this look like? Is this company strong and financially? And you don't want to be switching around a lot right now. You don't want to be switching companies, you know, every year to find the cheapest price because it's, not always the best decision. Well, that's that's true for a lot of stuff. So yes, yes, yes. and you don't mess around with insurance. No. So yeah, um, it's it's your most expensive usually asset, mm -hmm. your house. So you've got to pr protect all that. That's right. Thank you for touching on it, though. I, I know we sure. weren't really gonna we weren't gonna talk about it, but I always like to know more than what our topic is because it provides value to anybody listening. So. You heard it here first. Yeah, yes. Breaking news. Yes. <laughs> you did hear it here first. <laughs> so stay tuned, everybody out there. Listen every week. Week? Month? That's week? Every week? Weekly. Yeah, every, every week. week. Yes, Sweet. yes. Every week. You'll All have right. tidbits of information so uh, from awesome. other uh, folks in who are experts in their industries. So, um, yeah, yes. I've enjoyed listening. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And I'm so glad that we were able to make it possible for you to come on and, and that you're the first guest of season two. I think that that's fabulous. I'm been... honored for yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm honored. You. 
and I'm I'm happy because not only are you fun to listen to, but you've really provided a lot of very good information. And uh, that's, well, that's everything, I guess. It's the point of a podcast. Why would you be listening? Why would anyone be listening to this without wanting some sort of valuable information? So Amen. we have delivered, John. Amen. Good Amen. Job. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds good. So, well, John, we're going to have to have you on again, but for now, we're going to wrap up this episode and then leave everybody hanging so that they can then listen the next time that you're on. Deal. Love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. And John, well, we're going to put your contact information, if that's okay. We'll include sure. it with our description. Uh, it's jdarshakoinsurance.com. And if you can know, if you know how to spell that, you get the <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> but we will we'll put that we'll put a link to the website and uh and all your contact information and that way people can reach you to get even more information about all the very important stuff that they need to know about real estate related insurance and all the other kinds of insurance because it's not just real estate stuff that you carry so yep, yes that's right yeah robust what there you do you so wonderful. Well, thanks, John. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And here's to next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening today. If you like what you hear and want to learn more about real estate and hear the occasional funny story, then hit that subscribe button right now. And if you know of someone who'd benefit from listening, then tell them to subscribe too or else they may feel a little left out. For questions, topic suggestions, or nice comments, send an email to Anna at SegwayRE.com. We can also connect on Facebook at SegwayRE. Thanks for listening as we bring you a new way of doing real estate. Bye!